it's Mary Coleman, your host for the All Things Education podcast. If you don't know, I'm a student too, and I'm currently studying psychology. I'm so glad you're listening today because we learn about study and lifestyle tips, chat with professional guests about a range of topics. We learn about the ins and outs of school and uni life, how to form solid friendships, actualize career aspirations, chat about relationships, moving, traveling, and so much more. We have a range of content on this podcast, and it's all to help you be that much more informed about the world we live in. So let's get educated, shall we? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode, Legends. What is up? Yes, it's Mary. Welcome to the podcast. If you are new and you've never listened to this channel before, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We basically talk about, as we were saying before, like talking about study tips and tricks. We talk about a lot of career pathways, especially if you want to get into a certain career pathway, but you don't quite know how it works or what it is or just like options to get in. We interview a bunch of people on this episode or on the podcast and we just talk about lots of different things of different careers. Today, we're speaking to Barbara Mojica. I'm really excited for that. I'll talk a little bit more about her in a second. Um, But uh, yeah, very keen for this episode. There's going to be a lot of uh, awesome content. Um, And also, we've actually got a merch store that donates like a significant amount of profits to the organization Bright Futures Child Aid and Development. I'll speak a little bit more about them in a second. Um, but this is a store that's opening up on the 1st of March. So get really keen, you guys. I am so excited. I, oh, there's so much is happening for that. And it's kind of killing me because I'm like just doing a hundred things at once to, to open this store and to get everything underway. But, um, definitely stay tuned for that. And there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, but I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, this episode today, like I said, is all about history. So, history okay you know what history was one of my favorite subjects in high school I you know did well in it I had really fun teachers and everything was just well and good learning about history and speaking to Barbara today in this episode I'm going to share with you guys in our conversation we had we talk really about the importance of history and she talks about why it's just so important and the role that we play in history, so the role that each individual person plays, as well as your community and your family, and learning about history and why it actually is so important to know your history. I feel like more and more people are not learning learning their history as much, I guess. Um, and we also speak about her book, and she's an author, and um, how history, she's incorporated history into her books and how she teaches younger kids um, about history and the importance of learning it and everything like that. So definitely, um, yeah, get keen for this episode. History is not something I thought I would talk about on this podcast for at least a little bit, but, uh, yeah, Barbara, awesome, awesome person to talk to and the perfect person to talk to about history. So yeah, get keen for our interview. That's going to be, I'm going to share with you guys in a second. Um, just a quick life update. Wow. Well, I'm moving to New South Wales in less than a week. So what? (laughs) That is wild. And that's something really exciting on the Instagram at all things education 21. I am literally posting videos every single day about, you know, like come and like buy travel items with me and let's pack my bag together and like, let's pack my makeup bag, my like, you know, my little toiletries travel pack. And there's just a hundred and one things like let's pack the carry-on suitcase together. <laughs> like it's just constantly like uh, just a, a lot of different things of packing and, and preparing. So please definitely go check that out if you haven't already. There's It's usually quite a lot of study content, but lately it's been a lot of lifestyle content just because 
study is kind of being put on pause for a little bit just before I moved to Sydney. But actually, speaking of which, I have my exam. Well, actually, I have an exam today. It's already happened and I've got another one that started um, about half an hour ago. <laughs> but it's so good because it's, um, it's online. So all I'm doing is I have 24 hours to complete it. And once that's done, then I'm finished. So I've got two today that I have to complete in 24 hours. And then I've got one on Thursday or Friday. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yep. So that is pretty much a life update. Big moves, big changes, big happening, big happenings, big things that are happening. And of course, the online merch store is a massive life update as well. A lot has happened this week and it's been a pretty big couple of weeks as well. So I reckon that this section of the podcast is just going to grow and grow these life updates because there are going to be a lot of updates in life that are going to be happening once I move into state. So I will definitely keep you all tuned in and updated all about that. Um, let's talk about the online merch store a little bit more in depth because I know that you guys had a lot of questions and were very interested about that. So yeah, let's have a chat about that. Okay, so Bright Futures, Child Aid and Development. Let's talk about it. Alrighty. It is an Australian-based uh aid and development um, agency, which basically works to provide education and development opportunities for children and communities in poverty. So Bright Futures currently operates in four main countries, India, Pakistan, Kenya, and Uganda. And Bright Futures works with its overseas development partners to provide so many different programs which are relevant to their local needs so these programs can include things like schooling or health clinics clean water projects vocational training self-help groups and so many more things so for example in kenya for just 25 dollars a month from you guys you can join the uniting dynamic women project which helps support up to four women each and every year through vocational and business skills training And in India, for example, $42 per month, you can help a child living in poverty to receive a life-changing education and help from their family and their community, um, which basically allows them, provides them with healthcare, training and clean water. So you can see that there are just so many different opportunities that, um, you know, supporting and donating a monthly cost, which is relatively low. Like if you think about it, $25 is what, maybe like two meals from McDonald's or something like that. Um, and $42 a month for sponsoring a child in India is, you know, I mean, maybe a phone bill. So basically, you know, there is, it's a little amount of money per month that you can spend and you can really make a difference in the lives of others who are less fortunate than us. So essentially the best thing and the most thing I'm excited for is I've been partnering with Bright Futures Child Aid and Development. And what I'm able to do now is I'm able to, well, we're all going to help and we're going to buy merch from the online merch store that I have, the All Things Education merch, and 100% of profits, 100% guys. I'm not even talking like like 20% of profits. No, no, no. I am giving 100% of profits to child aid to help Bright Futures with these kids and the communities and the women and helping them and their families just to have a better future. And it's something that I am so, so passionate about. And I know that um, you guys listening today, you want to make a difference, obviously. And I mean, I'm sure you do. You want to help people have a better life. And obviously, these people in this community, they don't have the necessary, you know, skills and money to be able to successfully become maybe a doctor or something like that you know they need help from others and I think that this is just such a great way to help a charity so this online store 
100% of profits. 100%. That's like literally all the profits are going to charity, going to Bright Futures. So get keen. That store is opening on the 1st of March. And I, you can tell I'm so passionate about it. I'm like beyond excited to be able to help such an amazing organization that is, you know, helping children um, in their aid and development. So that's coming, that's happening. And the best thing is you actually get something out of it as well. So obviously there are straight up donations. If you wanted to donate um, directly to Bright Futures, there'll be a link on the website, which again will be released on the 1st of March. So get hyped, put it in your calendars, write it down. 1st of March, there'll be a website store that will be opening up and there will be a direct link that will take you to the Bright Futures website. We'll be able to like literally just donate straight in like BSB and account number sort of thing. Um, and the other thing is on the Instagram page, there is going to be a lot of, um, a lot of content that is related to the Bright Futures organization. So we're going to be showcasing a lot of amazing stories from individuals and on the website as well, there are going to be a lot of different, um, case studies of children and communities and families that are living in those four main countries I was saying before. And we're going to showcase our families and, and the community and just why they need so much help and why it's so important to help to, to, to help them out, right? Um, so yeah, that's happening. <laughs> uh, that's obviously, you can see how much time that's taking up. But I do think that it is such an important mission for us to help other people, especially, I mean, me, I'm turning 20 this year, which is really exciting, first of all. But I also know that there are other people, there are like millions, billions of people turning 20 this year, maybe not billions, millions of people who are turning 20. And it's just so interesting to see where they're sitting in the world and how much they've progressed and how far they've come and the the successes that they're having. And of course, I want to live up to the amazing expectation and opportunity that I've been given. So um, partnering with Bright Futures has been such a great opportunity so far. And I'm very keen to donate 100% of profits. 100%. Like, whoa. Um, yeah, so that's happening. And I really appreciate your support on that. I'm going to stop ranting about that now. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction about Barbara Mohika, who is our wonderful guest on the podcast today. So Barbara is a historian. She's a parent. She's a grandparent. She's an author and a retired educator with 40 years of experience. She's worked with children in both the general and special needs population, serving as a teacher, a principal and special education administrator. So her mission is essentially to entertain, inspire and empower the youth with the skills needed to become tomorrow's leaders. She also provides parents and teachers with strategies and tools to accomplish this. And honestly, the way she speaks, she speaks with so much clarity and wisdom. You can tell that she has so much experience in the education field. And I think and what I'm most excited for you guys to hear in this episode today is really why should anyone care about history? Like, you know, history is a subject people find boring and people don't want to learn about and people are learning about less and less or some people are learning about more and more. And so like, why should we care about it? So we speak about that. We also speak about how can we really help children become tomorrow's leaders? So what can we practically implement into our lives to help? Like when I say children, I mean like, you know, 18 to 24 <laughs> how can we help these people become the leaders of tomorrow and um how can we become critical thinkers what is critical thinking we also speak about how barbara's children's series came about and what are some of the problems with the educational system today and how can we sort of fix them uh, from a student perspective and also parents how can they um fix it from that like a parent perspective and yeah so i'm just gonna again encourage you guys just like a couple episodes before 
um, that we've had an episode with Jeannie Berlowski when we were talking to her and I said, all of those students that are listening, please pass this on to your parents. This is the same sort of episode. I would love for you guys to share this link, share the um, podcast episode link to your parents and just ask them to listen to this because we do speak about a lot of content that parents can take a lot from as well. And again, if you're a parent, please definitely pass this on to your child because this is something that children um, or your children can definitely learn a lot from. So, yep, without further ado, let's jump right into the episode with Barbara Mojica. Barbara, hey, welcome to the All Things Education podcast. How are you? Hey, thank you so much, Mary. I'm uh, very happy to be here and happy to connect with uh, visitors yeah. way far away from where I am. Yes, <laughs> I know. Where actually are you based? I live in upstate New York cool. on the east coast of USA. Amazing. I would really love to travel there one day. <laughs> well, we were just talking about the weather, so maybe not yeah. right now, but still. <laughs> I'd love to travel to Australia someday. Yes. It's a long trip. <laughs> that would be so good. Yes. It would be a trip of a lifetime for sure. I think let's just jump straight into it. We're going to be talking about history. You are a history expert, so super amazing in this field. Let's jump right into it. bit blunt, but why should anyone care about history? <laughs> okay, well, lots of kids think that way, unfortunately. Right. And uh, here in America, history is not that big a part of the curriculum anymore, mm -hmm. which is one of the big problems I see in history, because okay. history is so important in developing critical thinking skills and I guess maybe we can get mm -hmm. into that later but why should you study history well what is history history is not just a story of events or you know dates and times and massive uh, world occurrences but it's a story about all of us so if we want to understand how we arrived at the point we are today and if we want to have a way to do better in our lives today and then perhaps create a plan for those who will come after us we have to understand we have to we have to know it in order to understand it so I see history as something that's evolutionary. Mm. It's not just something random or isolated. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, everything has a history. Yes. Because we don't just start suddenly. So when we're, when we're children, we think about, you know, little kids want to know, uh, you know, who am I? Where did I come from? How did I get in this place? Why am I with this family? And why do I live in the community that I live in? And how is this all connected? So history starts with the family. And uh, okay. again, when you think about history, how, how did we first communicate with each other? Mm -hmm. Okay, even before there was language, there were the cave paintings. Yeah. So pe uh, the people would survive by passing on their knowledge to their children. And their children would pass the knowledge on and, and so on, down and down the generations. So it's something that 
is so critical in order to understand ourselves. History gives us an identity. It also gives us a, a kind of moral understanding uh, because our as children, we, we learn about our mor morals and our values from the people in our family. And then when we extend that out to the community, the, it, we learn about the community we belong to, and that encompasses our culture. And what is culture? Well, it's almost everything. It's our religion, our traditions, the foods we eat, yeah, yeah. the way we dress the kind of uh, jobs we use to earn a living. It's, it's all of those things together. And then as we get older, we reach out from our community and we seek to get a greater global understanding mm -hmm. of how is our community connected to that big world around us? And how do we affect events? How do the events affect us? But then how do we... And we all have a part to play because mm. when I explain history to children, I tell them that we are all characters in history. Yeah. We all have a role to play. So, true. so it's not just these famous people who have done yeah. something very good or something very bad, uh, but it's all of us. And uh, in my work and, and in my books, I try to touch on a lot of those people and mm. events that were forgotten in history or that were, most people are not aware of. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, of course, I try to teach those critical thinking skills. And, um, you know, critical thinking, of course, is being able to focus on a problem or a person or an event and not just to learn the basic facts, what it is, but it is to be able to take that information, to compare and contrast, to infer, to get other information from that by putting pieces of that information together. We can infer new information. We need to, uh, be able to communicate that information. And we need to understand that the way information was passed on has changed. Uh, the way we communicate in the 21st century is a lot different from the way we communicated even 100 years ago. So what we rely on today sometimes is not at all really related to the facts. So we talk about social media and do we get the information that we need to do critical thinking on social media? Probably not. We get a lot of noise. We get, we get uh, a lot of people's opinions on social media. But with social media, we are only getting part of the story. We're not getting those primary real sources that tell us whether something is factual or just an opinion. So way back in time when we studied history, we, we went back to those primary sources. We went back to the artifacts 
and those we do of course use when we can find them but we had the letters we had the diaries we had the journals those those were all real primary sources of history things that you could rely on because we know that that person wrote it we know that that newspaper reported the event that was accurately happening at the time but now with social media when we get uh, something on social media we don't get the same information that everybody else does you know the algorithm determines what part of the population is going to get that particular information and then of course it reinforces that information because the people that we choose to interact with on social media well that loop is getting reinforced so we're going to be fed more information from the people that agree with us because the algorithm knows that that's what we want to hear and interact with so if we don't re uh, interact with something we're probably not going to see that piece of information again so the social media is creating kind of an arbitrary uh, system in which we're just constantly being fed a part of the information and we can't make accurate judgments Mm. with that yeah yeah wow that's actually really interesting I'd never really thought of it like that (laughs) yeah what I would love to touch on Barbara is critical thinking skills I guess the term is thrown around a lot in school. And I mean, I know in, in my school, in my education, in English class, I was constantly told, develop your critical thinking skills, like keep going, keep going. I never knew what it meant. So yeah, would you be able to explain to us, Barbara, about critical thinking skills? What are they? And what are they in a practical manner? And also actually, could you talk about how can we practically implement the critical thinking skills into our daily lives? and particularly learning about history? Well, okay, so let's say I would closely compare critical thinking. It, it, critical thinking is important in any subject in school, and it's also important in a, any career that you choose to go into. But if you take science, for instance, Critical thinking is a lot like science because what do you start with? You start with a question, right? So it's very much like a hypothesis. So you start with something that you want to find the information or the answer to. And then you test that question. Uh, You apply various things to try to answer it. So what would you do in history? You would look for those primary sources of information, the real, those things that were written by people living in that time that were discussing what was happening to them and around them at right then at that time. So it's like the variables in science. We test certain things to see if we get a certain result. Now, sometimes with history, we take all of those sources and we, we get conflicting information. So we have to analyze it. We have to compare it. We have to contrast it. And uh, 
sometimes we don't get an answer at all. Just like in science, sometimes the experiment doesn't succeed and we try and we test and we just can't seem to get a definitive answer. History is the same way. I mean, sometimes there isn't just one conclusion. Sometimes there are multiple reasons for something, multiple perspectives and multiple answers. And sometimes there's just no answer at all. You know, even going through all of that information and sorting it, we can't say for sure what one definitive answer is. So if you take that in any discipline, I mean, if you're a lawyer, yeah. you need critical thinking. <laughs> right? You have, it, arguing in a courtroom is very much the same mm. thing. You no, know, you have to form different scenarios, different different hypotheses for for whatever, and then test and, and try different things in order to try to win your argument. Uh, so it's, it's the same in uh, any kind of profession that you choose. You don't go into it knowing everything. You have to learn, and as you learn, you take information, you analyze it, you learn from some of the other people around you who communicate with you. You try things in different contexts and different situations. And then as you grow in, in the experience, you learn what works and what doesn't work. So it's, it, again, it's a lot like uh, critical thinking. In general, I would say critical thinking, if you had to explain it in one or two sentences, critical thinking is how you th how you think how it's the process of how you think rather than getting the answer the answer is is not the critical thinking part and in schools at least here in my country today i don't think they're doing a good job of teaching that process of thinking we're, we're teaching to the test. We want the answer, we want the outcome. And there isn't that much tolerance for various ways of doing that. You know, it's become very regimented and everybody has to follow the same formula and everybody has to collect the same data. And if you pass the test, you have met the standard and that's the result they're looking for. But that doesn't do justice mm -hmm. to different students mm -hmm. who have different types of learning and who cannot learn in that one wow. regimented day, especially students with special needs of course. who need very different approaches. And I've worked with both types of populations of students so um, I've learned uh, in my career that some things are never going to work. And, and as I proceeded throughout my career, I was met with more and more barriers to the teacher being able to adapt and uh, change the teaching style to fit the students. It's more like this is what we're going to do, and you just have to do it. So it, it to me, um, 
you know, that's been very frustrating. And a lot of parents now have are becoming very frustrated and looking for different types of approaches, you know, and different different yeah. ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, actually, Barbara, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but are you aware of liberal arts courses? Oh, yeah. I've, I'm the product of uh, my, my undergraduate <laughs> no was a liberal arts college. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm literally going to study in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go study a liberal arts degree. <laughs> going to go move into state, which is super exciting. Yeah. And that's when you were just talking about people think, you know, thinking skills and critical thinking. Everything you were saying before, I was just pinpointing it back to a liberal arts degree. What's your take? Actually, this is not off, this is a bit <laughs> off script, but what's your take on a liberal arts course? And I guess the benefits and the pros and cons, just off the top of your head. I think it's ver a very good idea to have a liberal arts yes. uh, background initially when you go mm -hmm. in, into a college level or I guess it would be called like the tertiary sure. third, yes. you know, third phase of uh, education mm -hmm. in Europe. Uh, that benefited me greatly because personally, when I first started college, I was interested in history and I thought I wanted to major in history. But the college that I attended required uh, basically two years of a liberal arts oh, wow. background mm -hmm. before you really got into your major. So I had to take courses in math, in science, in English. Uh, in uh, virtually any, you know, a broad spectrum of discipline. So I had social science, I had physical sciences, uh, uh, I had an introductory history course, I had a writing, basic literature course and basic writing courses in English. And that benefited me because uh, when I, did get to my major, I was able to see the benefit of supplementing my supplement supplementing my major with courses in other disciplines that complemented it. So I was interested in ancient history. So there was only one course available in ancient history undergraduate. So what did I do? I took courses uh, in anthropology and I took courses in the classics I you know I took a couple of classics courses I took a, a term of basic Latin because I thought that would help me and I, I took ancient art history so I was you know wow. I was able to like supplement everything and during during the summer break I found a affiliated school to my university that was teaching ancient Near Eastern history. So I took that course during the summer. So I was able to create for myself a, a very, very broad background and a much better uh, comprehension of ancient history by, you know, branching out into those liberal arts and and making a a, a giant inclusive package of learning from doing that so you know I think it's a good idea to get your feet wet and to understand a little bit 
about as many disciplines as possible. And that'll help you when you do decide on uh, a course of action. Uh, you know, I think that will help a lot in, uh, as it did with me, you know, to, sub to give you an idea of what are the things that are important to the course that mm. you really want to yes. pursue. Exactly. And I mean, I'm studying psychology right now alongside or about to become, begin, begin, sorry, liberal arts as mentioned before. And I think, of course, liberal arts in itself is not an exact career, but as you were saying, you can use it and put it into and apply it to another degree, another career. And I just get love. I love that it's foundational knowledge. The particular course that I'm studying, it is liberal arts. It's probably not as extensive as you were describing. I know that um, America does have a very big culture of liberal arts or a lot of campuses, colleges. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's very popular mm. for an undergrad study. It, today, uh, younger people are pursuing more, mm. you know, offshoots that are kind of okay, narrow gotcha. and specified yeah. that I, and I personally, I don't think they're of any great benefit. Uh, if you really for instance, personally, I took a course in women's studies when I was an undergraduate. Now, this is a long time ago, but it was a general course and it was informative. But now there are people that major in women's studies and they're taking all of these very narrow, specific courses. And I, while it may, it may benefit them personally, long-term, Career-wise, uh, there are not too many careers you can pursue with you know, a degree in women's studies or gender studies. Or, you know, uh, there it, it's not nearly as practical. It may be personally satisfying. It may, and it's something that may be important to you now, but probably long-term won't be that beneficial to building a career you know, in, in in some field okay yeah and the critical thinking sort of um like that broader range the big picture sort of thinking instead of that niche topic yeah wow that's super interesting yeah 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 well um you spoke about characters in history before and you touched on it and i'd really love to explore that a little bit further and I guess just chat about what is each person's role and responsibility as a character in history. And could you perhaps explain what that means as well? Well, when I say a character, I don't mean, you know, a character in the sense of yeah. being a play or an, <laughs> a player or an yeah, actor. Or, but uh, I, I alluded a little bit to it before. We all have a role to play in passing down our values and our culture and our beliefs to those who are in our immediate circle of family. Uh, and then, of course, within the family, the families settle in communities for reasons. Uh, you know, Initially, uh, it might have been something economic. They might have been drawn to the community because they, you know, they uh, 
participate in a particular kind of work and that industry is located like here in America there were mill towns and factory towns and uh, you know a lot of people might have been drawn to that community because they had certain skills working in a particular trade but and some people may settle in communities because uh, there are large numbers of people with their particular heritage or culture, uh, whether that be their religion or whether that uh, be their ethnic culture. Uh, of course, today in America, it's, most of that has changed, but uh, that's, that's initially the, the way they form. But when I say uh, each of us has a role, uh, in my books, I try to bring out people uh, and events that maybe have been forgotten or uh, little known or neglected because, uh, again, history might have been presented in a narrow focus by certain groups for certain other groups. So uh, I do things in my books like uh, present to children um, events, scenarios, places. For To take an example, um, my first book was about Mount Rushmore. Now, Mount Rushmore is a carving the, the the heads of four of our presidents from so four of our most uh, influential presidents Washington Lincoln Jefferson uh, and um, and uh, Theodore Roosevelt and they're they they carved them on this mountain in South Dakota and it was a massive undertaking. Uh, the sculptor was uh, someone uh, from Europe, Leon Gutzman, mm. and he spent 40 years working on this project. And it was monumental. They had to climb 506 steps every wow. day just to get up there that's and insane. carry the materials and blast the dynamite. So that's one aspect of it, which I explained to the children how it was done and the reasons that, you know, these people were chosen. But one important thing is how they got the land. Now, the land was taken from the Lakota Sioux Native American tribe. Uh, originally, that land had been given to them by treaty, but then the government took it back arbitrarily. And uh, this was the land that, it was, that these uh, sculptors were placed on and in the book, I bring up to the children, was it, you know, was this the right thing to do? I always ask them all kinds of critical thinking questions within the story. And they learn uh, the story of the Lakota Sioux, and they learn how the land was taken. They learn that today the Lakota tribes, pro they, they recently protested, and then they took land nearby, they're building their own memorial to their leader, Crazy Horse. And they're going to make that bigger oh, wow. than the sculptures on Mount Rushmore. They plant this beautiful sculpture that they're doing. But they're not doing it with, with uh, government funds or anything. They're raising the money on their own. 
and it, this is going to t a project that's going to take them years. So we talk about that, and then we talk about Native American rights, and we talk about the UN and how they're trying to get rights for indigenous peoples. And uh, so what I do is I bring up questions. Uh, some of my books are national parks. So I'll talk, for instance, about the, uh, the sequoia trees in Sequoia National Park. Now, those trees can live up to 3,000 years, some of them. So we talk about these massive trees. We talk about how they grow. So my books don't just cover history. They cover a lot of other disciplines. So in this one, we talk about science. We talk about the wildlife. We talk about the animals that live there. We talk about the geology of the park. We talk about who settled the park, the first peoples, what they were like, what they did. And we talk about pollution. Where does pollution come in in a beautiful national park? It's what it's one of the, in fact, it is the most polluted national park in the whole national park system because it's in the San Joaquin Valley of California where there are lots of uh, diesel trucks uh, that go across this beautiful farmland, but that are polluting it. And sometimes it's actually unhealthy to breathe the air there. And they have to eat, warn, they have to put up signs and warn people that today it's unhealthy to breathe the air here. And they advert, when they advertise for people to work there, they, they have to make them aware of that before they sign a contract to work there that sometimes the air is unhealthy to breathe there. Now, you know, very few people know about that. I, I, so I asked the children again, what, do they have any ideas? What do they think we could do to solve some of, some of these problems? Uh, the, I bring up national heroes who were forgotten. Uh, um, there, there was a case, what, one of my books is um, about the uh, World well, it's not just World War II, but it's about the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum, which is uh, on an aircraft carrier in uh, New York City. And in, in that book, we talk about all of the events that that ship took part in, which were many, many. So this ship took, play, uh, took part in World War II, the Vietnam War, uh, it took place, uh, it took a part in the Cold War as an anti-submarine ship. It was later fitted and readapted. It took part in the space pro uh, program. It oh, recovered wow. space capsules <laughs> in the early part of the space uh, program. And today on its, air on its uh, aircraft carrier deck, children can see planes from World War II, World War I, uh, the Vietnam War, uh, they can see the Enterprise Space Shuttle, which sits on a bubble on the deck. So they can actually see the space shuttle. They can, they can climb into a helicopter that was used in the Vietnam War. They can go into this area that they call the Explorium, and they can see the space capsules. They can touch them. They can see movies of World War II. They find out about Heroes, again, that were forgotten. Uh, Alonzo Swan uh, was an African-American soldier who, at that time, the units were segregated. So he was in an all 
black unit. He was one of the heroes who saved the ship during World War II. Um, Intrepid is, is, you know, they called it the Fighting Eye, and it was one of the most mm. frequently hit ships. Wow. It's amazing oh that it survived and it's yeah, still you know, standing there today. But he uh, was one of the few survivors in that unit from the Kamikaze attack, and they gave him a Bronze Star, which he thought was merited, but he thought that the survivors in that unit deserved more. And he kept advocating for that. And 50 years later, he was given the Naval Cross, which was the high, which is the highest, you know, military honor for the Navy. So, um, you know, these are these are things that a lot of people don't know. Uh, I like to expose children, you know, to the fact that there are, you know, everyday heroes like Alonzo Swan, and uh, you know, there there were. Uh, People like Goodson Borglon, who who had such uh, energy and dedication and uh, the ability to just survive and persist over such overwhelming odds to get this done. He actually did die before the project was finished, shortly before it was finished, and his, and his son uh, finished it out. But I want children to see themselves uh, as that part of history. And that's why I use this character called Little Miss History, who is kind of a, well, she's modeled on me. My, my husband created the character. And he made it a cartoon version of a younger me. And she uh, she wears these uh, pigtails, which I used to wear. She wears hiking boots and a kind of camping outfit. I love to go hiking and I loved to explore. I always wanted to travel, which I did later on when once I started working. But I came from a poorer family who didn't have a car and we didn't have much opportunity to travel and go places outside of my community so that was a you know that was a need in me to be this explorer and you know wanderer and adventurer so she's this crazy adventurer and she wears these giant boots that are hiking boots and uh, they're in memory of my father she's just this crazy composite but she is kind of uh, a person that kids can identify with, they can see themselves, uh, you know, as part of her as, as she narrates these inventions, adventures. So she experiences the emotions, you know, when she's talking about the Civil War, she's very sad. When she's at Ellis Island, she's an immigrant who's just coming over for the first time. Uh, she can be happy and adventurous uh, when she's at Sequoia Park. She parachutes into the park, and you know she's a great outdoor adventurer. Uh, when she's at Mount Vernon, she rides a horse like George Washington did. So, you know, I'm trying to immerse children and their parents and yeah. grandparents because adults who read the books. Uh, you know, or are always telling me, gee, I never knew that, you know, I found out a lot that I didn't know about it myself. So, you know, they kind of get involved with the stories. And because they're so illustrated, 
they I use actual photography. We go to the sites. We use photo. It's a mixed media kind of approach. So there are portraits of the people. There are drawings and maps, and uh, there are uh, all kinds of different representations of art so that the children can see it in like so many different ways and that helps to portray uh, this the different types of moods and situations and then like I said of course those critical thinking questions that all throughout you know I'm asking their opinions I'm asking what they think and how could how could they do this better or do they think it could be changed you know, all of that is, is a big part of it. Wow, yeah. And Barbara, I was just going to ask, how did the series actually come about? Well, the series came about because uh, after I retired, I kind of wanted to get back to my passion. So I, you know, returned to history again. Uh, I started writing articles for a local news magazine about history, but I wanted to keep in touch with the kids. Uh, I do have my own grandchildren. I have grandchildren, but they don't live close by. Uh, so I don't, you know, see them often. Uh, but I want, you know, I miss the teaching and I wanted to get back with kids in some way. So I thought this would be a good way to, to combine it to write history that would be entertaining yet inspiring and interactive and you know giving them a taste of what some of these leadership skills are and and how they might aspire to you know use some of these things in their own life so I, I said oh I want I think I want to write some books for kids about history and my husband said well why don't I create uh, a fun character that could kind of narrate the series for? And that's how it came about. So he created the character. Uh, as I said, he loves history as much as I do. So we have no problems going on field trips and visiting these places. And uh, th there are a few that I haven't visited. I have a book on the North Pole, <laughs> haven't been there. Uh, but, you know, uh, in most cases, uh, they're, you know, they're uh, personal, they're, you know, very well researched uh, because I go to the site, I, you know, gather that information firsthand and then I uh, go back and do even more research. So uh, I take, uh, again, critical thinking, I take mm, all yes. of this and then I have to put it together and I have to uh, put it together in a way that's appropriate for you, for a younger child to read, but still uh, interesting for adults. So that takes a lot of rewriting, a lot of editing, uh, you know, a lot of refining um, to get it to that point. So I'm doing, you know, kind of all the things that I've always been interested in and uh, pulling them all together. And then, of course, um, that led to doing a lot more. Uh, I am interested in children's books, so I review children's books. Uh, I have a blog. I, I, I give tips for parents and teachers on various subjects, not just history. Uh, I do mini videos 
like two-minute teacher kind of video videos that teachers or parents could use and then I have videos for kids on my uh, YouTube channel so uh, you know I'm trying to um, at this point kind of pull all the resources that I have and put them in one place so that hopefully uh, parents teachers kids you know um, all, all kinds of groups can uh, benefit from them hopefully in, so, in some way nice yes i was going to say when we get towards the end of this episode we'll definitely have to get you to share all of those amazing resources and links in the show notes i know you also have 14 reasons you need history a book and i'll put that in the show notes as well yeah do you have anything else yeah do you want to add anything to that well we talked about something some of the things uh history as we said it, it provides an identity it gives you a kind of a, a moral compass it uh, helps you to be a better student obviously because mm, yes you're going to have to be exposed to yes. those critical thinking skills it helps you to do things like to um, look at the evidence uh, how to how to Find out what's a fact, what's an opinion, what is real, uh, what might just be some fluff, um, and to then to take that and to go over the two sides. To this is another thing I think uh, children and and young adults still need practice in doing uh, to be able to look at find different points of view and then to assess those different points of view to see what the pros are the cons to try to to go through them and then once you do that you can kind of look at examples of change you know you can you can uh, look at what has happened in the past what's happening now and you can kind of figure out uh, a path. Uh, it gives you a kind of uh, broader perspective on things because once you gather all of this information, you can see whether it's working or not working uh, in a particular situation. So it may have worked at one time in one place. It may work for somebody else in your own country or nearby but it may not work in your particular situation because when you're studying history you all you know some historians say there are something like six some they'll disagree whether there are four or five or six but the seas of history <laughs> the yeah. content of of the information uh the context where and why and what's going on around it again that communication how is it being communicated is it being communicated as fact is it being communicated as opinion are the sources real or could they possibly be made up or could they possibly be slanted you know to one side or or the other um it uh, it just helped, and another big thing that we didn't talk about too much is it helps us to learn about other cultures. 
we all have our own culture, but uh, depending on where we live, the type of community we live, and our family. If we if we live in a family that's maybe first generation, uh, their native culture is very very strong. But if we live in a family that has been assimilated into the community where they live for a long time, uh, they're going to have more of an amalgam of cultures. They're, you know, their their native culture isn't going to be as strong. So um, that that plays a big role in it, and and understanding. Uh, that you know that somebody else in our community may come from a very different place so it helps us to understand again different points of view different perspectives it gives you a, a wider picture and helps you i think to become more tolerant because you have made an effort to understand why that person is different not just oh well they're different and or they're weird because you know they're they're not like us, so um, that that's uh, you know, and uh, that's an important fact. So, but there there are just like so many reasons to just in general to understand change, to understand uh, a, a little bit about why things change and um, what the influences are that sometimes make change. Uh, randomly sometimes make change forcibly as as in the case of some external event you know that's imposed on you or your community and you're forced to change your entire lifestyle because of it but it, it just gives us this whole you know, broader picture uh, that helps the broader picture actually helps us to filter it down to ourselves and to help us see, uh, you know, how it affects us, why it affects us. Again, it's the process of, of the thinking, you know. But so in the in the seeds of history, it's the context, the communication, uh, the clues of what is going on in the rest of the world, because sometimes what's going on in the rest of our world influences us even though it could be thousands of miles away so again that whole uh global perspective the way the way we live today we live in a global world now it's not you know we're no longer isolated mm, it's not yes. that uh you know the letter takes two weeks to get a couple of states away it now everything is instantaneous and we can actually physically see people that live continents away from us so it, it gives us a whole when you see the person it gives you a whole different again perspective um, so that that's something that has so uh, radically changed the way we live for for good or for bad, you know, there there are pluses and there are minuses. Yes, yes, for sure, definitely. Oh wow, Barbara, I think we just had the best conversation today. Thank you so so much for your time. I was scribbling down notes left, right, and center because there's just so many content pieces of information. Information. Oh, I appreciate it. I yeah, I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> I'm glad. And where can people find you? 
YouTube, Instagram? Well, YouTube? I have a, uh, a website, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the go-to place. Cool. Uh, the website is simply littlemisshistory.com, okay. which is the name of the book series. Yay. And if you go to that website, I have an email which is barbara at littlemisshistory.com. Mm -hmm. But they don't need that, really, because if they go to the website, I also have an instant chat. Ooh. So um, they can contact me through that or email me. Uh, and there are mm -hmm. links to uh, to all of my material. That's so amazing. If, if you go to the website, you can see the books and read about the books and the reviews. Yes. But you can also see uh, the blog uh, okay. where I have the tips uh, and the uh, book reviews mm. and cool. I have the YouTube channel where I have the uh, teaching videos and mm -hmm. videos on like a, a myriad of different things for kids That's and for awesome. adults and I have a link uh, social media I have you know you can go right to LinkedIn or Instagram mm -hmm. or Facebook or or any of the other other pages cool. but um, you know I really uh, yeah. I just really want to uh, be a resource for people I love to connect so uh, yes. you know anyone sure. who has a question or wants to write or needs anything um, I'd be glad to uh, yes. be in touch with them yes no definitely for sure littlemisshistory.com everyone remember it but i mean it'll also be in the show notes in case anyone forgets thank you so much barbara really appreciate your time thank you so so much well thank you and and have a lovely day thank you so much we'll talk soon bye
Thanks so much for listening to the All Things Education podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, why not support the show? Head to the description of this episode and click on the support the show link to donate in increments of $5. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. And remember, the advice given on this channel and on our social media is general information only. If you have any specific personal health, well-being and or educational issues, reach out to professionals such as your GP, school counselor and or a trusted person in your life before making any final decisions. Please do not take this episode as specific personal advice. And hopefully you now have more information about the topic you listened to today. For more study and lifestyle content, head to our Instagram at allthingseducation21 and the link in the bio will direct you to many helpful resources. Stay educated, everyone, and see you next time. Hey there, are you a freelancer, professional, or do you want to enter into the entrepreneurial world? Well, Fever Learn has you covered. Learn From Fever is an online on-demand classes video platform. All classes are taught by top experts who are distinguished in their fields. These courses contain practical and comprehensive knowledge and exercises, quizzes and tests. And by taking a course, you will level up in your skills and grow professionally. The best thing about Fever Learn is there are no subscription fees or reoccurring costs you pay per course, so you can choose exactly what you want to learn then and there. It's amazing, right? I am definitely eyeing some of the courses and I love the fact that these courses are taught by top experts. To find out how you can further your skills and grow professionally, head to the podcast show notes and click on the link, Learn From Fever. Happy learning.